Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kansas State's Felix Enidike Uzama, and you're listening to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. I don't know what happened. Don't care what happened. Can I at least enjoy this, Fitz? You don't have to tell me anything right now. So keep your mouth shut, Fitz. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's Chris Kleiman post game at Baylor. Boy, was he in a good mood, but he did not want to know that Texas was beating TCU. And I was trying to tell him they're not. They're not beating TCU. And he did walk up to me right after the press conference to say, What's the score? <laughs> and you almost jinxed it. I know, and it was 17-3 to at the moment, and then it became 17-10, to but the Frogs went on and won, meaning Kansas State is in complete control of its destiny once again, win at West Virginia, beat Kansas and Manhattan, and you will play for the Big 12 Championship. Welcome to the Powercat Questions Podcast, our weekly endeavor into whatever you want to ask us. And when I say you, I mean the VIPs at GoPowerCat.com, and then everyone gets to listen to the answers here on this podcast. I am GoPowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, joined by Zach Carlson and Cole Carmody today. Ryan Gilbert is doing his bartending thing, and I'm sure he's doing it at a very elite level, because that's what we demand here. Man, the whole team was in such a good mood after that win on Saturday in Waco, and they should be because they played outstanding football, complimentary football, as Chris Kleiman likes to say. The offense helped the defense. The defense helped the offense. The special teams pitched in, and they kicked the Bears' butts all over the field, 31-3, to in a very impressive performance. Will Howard, again, comes off the bench and leads K-State to victory. Let's do a little house cleaning before we get to the questions here. But first, I need you to know, we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you are in Manhattan. It is the biggest and best liquor store in all of the Midwest. I mean everywhere, like uh, Upper Minnesota. No, no better ones. Uh, Lower Iowa, no better ones. Any place. I haven't been to them all. Did you know that Ben Sinnott is from the same hometown as Chris Kleiman? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, Chris mentions it quite often. Did you know that Ben Sinnott is a hockey player? I did not know that until today, and it makes me scared of hockey players. Did you know that Deuce Vaughn was under-recruited in high school? I did know that um, because he's actually, folks, he's three foot two. I mean, that what you're seeing, on he, he doesn't really, he's not that tall at all. Anything else, guys, before I keep going? That'll do it for the questions podcast. Do you That's think it. Ben Sennett is the best hockey player on the team? I That was an interesting question you posed. I don't know who else would have played hockey. 
Will Howard. Oh, that's good. Maybe that's that. That's valid. We just don't have many of those upper Midwest uh, ice is slippery kind of guys. I was kind of surprised an Iowa kid had played hockey, to be honest. Isn't that for the junior Canadians and the Dakotas and the Minnesotas and the Andrew Langang um, from North Dakota? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that is he a probably good one. did. Does he even speak English or does he speak Canadian? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Oh, oh, oh! Did you a power kick? I guess he. That sounded. Uh, I don't know what that was. Tried. It was very a bad attempt at Canadian. Huh. I think. Huh. Next uh, house cleaning item. Uh, I can't remember. Why do you keep saying house cleaning? It's housekeeping. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, housekeeping item. Um, what? What was the other one? Huh. You guys distracted me with your. Your hockey humor, bunch of pucks. Okay, let's move on to your questions from Wabash Station. I'll think of what I was going to say before I was distracted. They're in here just distracting the massive talent that I am. Do you want me to read the questions now? Yeah, you better just go ahead and read this. The first question comes from Third Gen Wildcat. Chris Kleiman seems good at keeping the guys locked in, but with KU in the title game on the horizon and West Virginia being less than average, is this a trap game? No, it's not. And you know why? I asked Chris Kleiman about this. West Virginia just won. If West Virginia had stunk on Saturday, and they really weren't that great. Oklahoma stunk. But if they had stunk on Saturday, gotten blown out by the Sooners, I might buy into that. They just won. K-State, these guys are kind of laser focused right now. Um, And I'll be really honest, and some of you don't want to hear this. I'm a lot more worried about next week against Kansas with Jalen Daniels at quarterback than I am with West Virginia with two guys that don't scare me at quarterback, although Neil Brown said it might be three guys just to kind of kind of spin it even further, which I thought was kind of funny. Do you have a quarterback controversy? No, we're going to use three guys on Saturday. Okay, good. Good answer, Neil. That'll that'll work well in the unemployment line. I don't think that – I don't think, honestly, this West Virginia game is that scary. Um, again, I don't think the players are are they're, – they're so locked in right now. They could be playing South Dakota, and I wouldn't say it's a trap game. Or they could be like the SEC schools and play these no-name, lower-division FBS schools where they just roll by – you're supposed to roll by 40. I, I'm not worried about K-State. If, if K-State loses this game against West Virginia, it's because – they went in there. West Virginia just completely outclassed them, outcoached them. It's not going to be because the team wasn't taking them seriously. But to be completely honest with you, West Virginia is a freaking mess right now. They just fired their AD. They've had two guys enter the transfer portal. I understand that it's senior day and they're playing for their coach's job. But if K-State gets up on them early, they're going to quit. This just reminds me of the Texas game last year. Only the difference was... That was on a Friday at 11 o'clock, the last game of the season. Say what you want to say, but K-State really didn't have much to play for in that game. They have a lot to play for in this game. This is going to be a blowout, I think. I'm ready to say that. I had gone back and forth and and had maybe thought that this was going to be a closer game than people think. But I think firing the athletic director, basically assuring that Neil Brown is going to get fired at the end of the season, to me... There's going to be a lot that's going on in that football office at West Virginia right now, and none of it is focusing on Kansas State. I, I, I've thought of my keeping of the house items. They were the injuries that Chris Kleiman discussed. Adrian Martinez is out for this game. We believe he won't be back until the bowl game, um, but um, the nature of this injury, as I mentioned in my walk and talk, if it, it is what I suspect it is, he could play. He would just put his leg into peril for full breakage instead of just a fracture. Um but I, I think they'll just hold him out until the bowl game. 
unless Will Howard gets hurt, and then maybe you know Adrian says, "I'm I'm going. I'm you're not stopping me. If I break my leg, I break my leg." Um, so that'll be interesting. And I want I do wonder if there's something you could brace to guarantee that there's not more of that side flex because I did come back home. I did watch most of the replay and I saw how it happened. And it was. I see exactly what happened. I mean, he did fracture one of those lower bones, I think. Kobe Savage is done for the season. It is an ACL, we've been told. Um, so that is that is complete, and that is sad because Kobe was playing at an elite level, just not as a player, though, but as a leader. We'll talk about that later. So uh, those two things are, are set in stone now. Uh, but honestly, between us, don't tell any KU people this. Don't keep it a secret here. I think Chris Kleiman was just playing coy he just wants to make sure KU and maybe TCU if they can make it to the Big 12 championship don't solely know it's Will Howard that's what I think but keep it down low and back to this yeah. back to the question I I don't think it's a trap game because West Virginia peaked last week yes last week against Oklahoma beating even though they're Oklahoma this season they're still Oklahoma and with West Virginia winning last week I think that that was you know, for lack of a better term, that was their Super Bowl. And I think that the season's done for them. I think the writing's on the wall. AD's fired. You can't fire a coach after a win like that. I think that, you know, I think Neil Brown might be looking for a job on Monday. Okay. Which, this is, which what is crazy that Chris Kleiman is able to basically kill all of these coaches. Over his I don't think he'll get fired after Saturday. This is what I was hearing before the Oklahoma game was that he is going to be dismissed, but they're not going to do it till season's end to not make a big distraction about it. Um, and they fired the AD because he gave him a big extension after one season that they now have to buy out. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do a daily delivery on this. When are ADs going to start working for their athletic departments instead of for the agents of these coaches? That was a grossly irresponsible move, just like the Jimbo Fisher contract is grossly irresponsible. Like a lot of these places, handing coaches massive buyouts for failing. No, tell them, don't fail. You don't like the contract? Okay, well, have fun. I mean, we're not hiring you then. Grow some balls, ADs. Come on. <clears throat> I agree. Yeah, so we're all in agreement this is not a trap game then. Yes. No, no trap. Okay. No trap. Uh, but they do a lot of hunting in West Virginia. They do a lot, so of, old, might, a lot of trapping. Old, old yeah. trapper. Old trapper. I might step in a trap because they might think I'm a bear. Let's move on. Next question comes from Bone Cat TB. What? Bone Bone Cat TB? Yep. Um, tuberculosis? I was going to say Tampa Bay. Yeah. Oh, that might be better. Yeah. Do you Maybe. think the quote? Do you think the quote unquote better offensive play calling when Will Howard is at quarterback for K State this season is due to the fact that Colin Klein has coached Will for two plus years, as opposed to Adrian Martinez only entering the program this season? No, because Will's not even the same quarterback he was, and he talked about that at Tuesday. It was that kind was, of funny. Yeah, that was good. What What did he say? It was so, Will's got a great sense of humor. He's a stiff now. Yeah, yeah. like he came <laughs> into the season unable to throw and uh, was you know a running quarterback, and now he's a stiff because nobody thinks he can run, and he can run. But I, I didn't get this question asked to him. Like, are you really talking about running when you're now the clear number one quarterback and 
I'll be blunt here. The space between him and the next guy, whoever that is, whether it's Rubley or Lewis, is rather huge. Mm-hmm. So please don't run in case you, unless you need to. Please, please protect yourself. He did say he wanted to get out there and run a little bit more, which I, know, I found I know, fascinating. I know, and he's capable of it. He made a really big play on a zone read where he, you know, changed a second and long to a third and one that they picked up. I, I don't know if. First of all, I don't know if it's better offensive play calling or if it's just more creative based off of what the quarterbacks are willing to do. Not capable of doing because Adrian is capable of doing everything that Will is doing, but I don't know if he's willing to do everything that Will is doing. Like you look at that play that the first touchdown pass to Ben Sennett, he had to look off a safety, fire a ball into an area where only Ben Sennett could catch it. In between three guys, he had to look off the safety, wait for Senate to clear the second level of the linebacker, and put the ball right on his numbers as the other safety is coming over the top. Malik Knowles was wide open in the flat. Adrian Martinez is not going to take that risk because he wants to protect the football. But Will Howard is willing to live with potentially a turnover on the upside of, I'm going to score a touchdown. Now, when you have quarterbacks like that, Eventually, they will come back to the margins. There's going to be a time when Will Howard is going to make a throw that people are going to say, well, he tried to force it in there and it got picked off. That that didn't happen with Adrian. It won't happen with Adrian if he plays at all in the rest of the season. I'm confident in that. I don't know if the play calling is that much different, but the fact that Will Howard is willing to take more risks, I think, lets Colin Klein know that they are willing to take more shots down the field and more chances because he knows that Will will try and throw the ball in there as opposed to Adrian saying, okay, I've known how Adrian wants to play. He's not going to take a lot of chances. So we're going to try and move the ball maybe a little bit more methodically. We're going to change the game plan a little bit to, to be what best suits the quarterback we have in. I don't know if it's better play calling. I think it's different play calling. I want to point this out. We keep talking about the play calling being different. Something we haven't talked about is the way they're defending the offense changes and then maybe the play calling goes with it. But I, I do think Will stresses a defense more because you already have the running threat with Deuce Vaughn. And I know him and Adrian together are really dynamic and hard to stop. But, you you know, you bring those safeties up, it doesn't really matter if they read who has the ball, what you're doing. And, and Will's backed everyone up. And on Saturday, he took this underneath stuff. He kept throwing behind the blitz. He just dissected that Baylor defense. Again, I come back to this. The amount that Will Howard has advanced as a quarterback in this offseason into this year is stunning. I've never seen a young player flip a switch like he has, and it's just been very impressive. And um, you can try to stop him. They took away some of the receivers, so he started throwing to Ben Sennett. And now that will change how everyone has to defend K-State. And honestly, honest, I... I don't know how you stop an offense that has a Ben Sennett and a Deuce Vaughn able to catch the ball. And and they move them around into different spots. Uh, I, it's going to just really be tough for defenses from here on out, including West Virginia, Kansas, and, and hopefully one more time with TCU and maybe LSU in a bowl game. Again, it really puts a lot of stress on the defense. Throw into the fact then you have three receivers who yeah. we've talked about. You know, they're veteran guys, but Malik Knowles can take the top off of the defense. Yep. Phillip Brooks can be a deep threat. You start trying to just focus your attention on Ben Sennett and Deuce Fawn, and then you got Cade Warner who just somehow makes plays. Those are all options that I think K-State fans can feel comfortable right. if the ball is thrown their way. 
they will be able to make a play. And, and layer in Knowles and Brooks in the running game. Yeah. I mean, they both can take that jet sweep and turn it into something special. Isn't it amazing how much we just have completely changed the narrative on this offense? It's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. This offense is really amazing right now. And, and I hope it can keep can, can continue because um, I know there's some people the second Will throws an interception. Oh, there he is. That's the Will we know. You know, that's just how fans are. But I hope this just keeps clicking along because it's an incredible story. He is so much different this year. The next question comes from Fervent Purple. Did I say that right, Zach? I think so. Okay, thank you. I know we've had a question from him before. I just don't know if I've had to say his name. Um, How does losing Kobe Savage change this defense going forward? That's less cool sounding. You got a safety named Savage. Much less Savage. I know. They'll move some guys around. It hurts in depth. Really, the thing I'm most worried about, and Derek Cheatham brought it up today. Drake Drake. Who's Derek? Is that like a rapper? That is Drake. That is also Drake. (laughs) Drake Cheatham. (laughs) I don't even know where Derek came from. Drake Cheatham mentioned it today that he's a great communicator, and it's something he's going to have to focus on, communicating everything. I'm just so impressed with what these coaches have done with the back-end recruiting, whether it's the transfer portal or, in the case of Savage, the junior college recruiting. They went out and found some dudes. And just keep doing that. Uh, You know, I'm fine with that. Just keep doing it. But, yeah, that's just a sad story, blowing out his knee, getting that far. K-State's now on a big stage where they have a possibility of being on a really big stage for a few games, and he won't be out there. It's it's unfortunate. Hopefully they'll get that knee uh, surgery going soon so he can get back for the start of next season. You have no idea as far as, you know, re- return time, recovery time. But I think the fact that he was able to, I mean, pretty much walk off the field makes me think that there is not more than just what was initially thought. It's just the ACL. Because like with Khalid Duke, you know, mm-hmm. we don't know for sure, but that was obviously a pretty bad tear if it took him that long to come back. And usually when you have guys that are more skill position type guys who blow out their knee, it's a little bit more shorter of a, of a recovery time. You know, they're, they're more compact. Um, so you hope for the best with Kobe. But as far as the defense goes, I mean, I think they're just going to rotate more guys in and out. They're going to miss him. There's no doubt about it. They're going to miss – I think they'll miss his communication more than they'll miss anything else. Not saying that he wasn't a great player because I know Kobe is a great player. But they'll be able to make up for it. Other guys are going to have to step up. That's the bottom line. We'll we've heard more snaps. Yeah. We've, we've heard all this praise from TJ Smith last season. He struggled a little bit, was hurt. It's time for him to step up. It's he, next man up. He's the one for me that needs to step up. It's yeah. next man up. He hasn't been good this year. It's, he just hasn't. No. It's time. TJ, you, you've got it all. Just go do it now. If you want to roll on this season, on this team next year, if you want to be one of the starting safeties, now is your time to earn it. And if it's not TJ Smith, I look at a guy like VJ Payne, a guy who's kind of flown under the radar a little bit, true freshman. He's going to have to come in and he's going to play some snaps. Now, he can do it. I, I don't, I think out of all the, if there was any position where I think K State could sustain an injury to a starter minus quarterback, it would be the secondary, especially the safeties, because you do have some experience in Sincere Mason, who we haven't talked about. Then you have Drake Cheatham. And again, like we talked about, T.J. Smith. Those are three guys right there who have played a lot of football. You throw in V.J. Payne, who's played a lot of snaps this year. They're going to be fine. We didn't even mention Josh Hayes. They're going to figure it out. Look for V.J. Payne. Look for Jacob Parrish to play a lot more just with all the rotations that they have. But, again, I think that if there's anybody, any position group that can sustain a loss like this, it is the secondary. 
part of that is because the defensive coordinator is also the safeties coach. So yes. that that's that's part of it. Onward we go, Mr. Cole. Thank you. Uh, are you surprised I'm not coughing during this podcast? No, uh, that was I felt badly for you, but not enough to feel badly and not make fun of you. Okay, good. Uh, the next question comes from KSU fan 13. What area is your biggest concern for this football team as it moves forward trying to win the Big 12 championship? It seems like we've seen both sides of the football dominate at times, especially against the Baylor Bears. We're seeing the injuries pile up. I mean, what if they go to West Virginia and lose another safety? What if Will Howard gets hurt? I mean, the the injuries just, they've been more insulated in some ways than other teams in the Big 12 because they have a really outstanding backup quarterback. And we've seen teams just fall off the edge of the earth without their starting quarterback, Oklahoma State. And, and you know, and to a lesser degree, Kansas. I mean, they they these teams need to have their starting quarterback to function. K-State hasn't been that way. So now they're kind of down to the, the one guy, which is Will Howard, which I think we all agree after what we saw Saturday. I had to see it a second time, to be real honest. And, you know, that it, it was so extreme against Oklahoma State, it felt fluky. It, it was so good in the first half against TCU and then went away. I needed to see it again. I've seen it again. It's real. So, um, yeah, just got to stay away from injuries. But this team is in a really good position. These are two really winnable games in terms of the context of how competitive the Big 12 is. Going to West Virginia, if you had to go on the road to anyone in the conference, come on, that's probably it this year. Uh, even though they've been better at home, I, I don't want to go to Ames. We've been through that. Kansas? That, that was a war in Kansas. Um, you know, particularly if they have Jalen Daniels, I don't want to play him in Lawrence. That's just honestly. And um, having KU come into Manhattan is advantageous. So this is a great way to finish the season as long as they keep their eyes on the prize. Um, they can only trip over themselves. But, yeah, injuries are the thing that jumps out at me. No pun intended, but to get to the mountaintop, um, you have to beat the Mountaineers. And you intended that pun fully. Mm-hmm. You did fully. So you intended the pun and then lied about it, Cole. This is the game. If K State takes care West of business, Virginia. thank you, <laughs> thank you, K State mask. Yeah. I, I just, I just feel like again, the injuries are the biggest concern, like you said. But I, I feel like to me, the other concern would be once you get past this, then you kind of relax a little bit because you're like, all right. We got this. There's only one game left until we get to the Big 12 championship. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because they do play KU. But, again, I mean, there is a little bit of worry, you know, if you're if you're a K-State fan to say, okay, they know they have one more game on the road, then they take a deep breath because they get to come back home and play KU. Now, maybe it's the exact opposite. Maybe it's they win this game, and then they know that they get to come back home, and they're more fired up. I tend to lean more towards that. But if you want to completely nitpick and look at an area of concern, potentially that's it. Um, the other area I would look at, once again, would be um, the the defensive line. I know we haven't talked about the D-line, but they didn't get – I don't think well, they have one sack against Baylor. Um, they've got just got to find ways to get to the quarterback. And somebody else has to step up besides Felix Anyudk Uzama. He gets double and triple teamed every single game. You know, is that putting Khalid Duke down as, as, as an edge rusher? Is that Nate Matlack? Maybe finally starting to do something. Brendan Ma getting to the quarterback. You've got to find ways to get to the quarterback. But again, those are all very nitpicky concerns. And it's pretty far down on my list. But I just, man, if they take care of business, this, the opportunity for something special is just right there. I agree. For me, I think it's KU. That's my biggest concern. I think K-State wins at West Virginia. I'm not concerned about this weekend. But, you know, let's say 
Texas beats KU. So Texas is still in play. You have to beat KU. KU's been good this year. I mean, it's it's they have been much better than what they've been in the past. And while I appreciate Chris Kleiman for always having K-State ready against KU, they have not had any sort of doubt playing KU in the three seasons that Chris Kleiman has been the coach. But KU's a different team this year. And there's a lot more on the line. And maybe that's a good thing for K-State. But on the other hand, KU finally has a team that I think can beat K-State. I don't think this is the year that happens. But I really don't want that final game of the year to be a must-win for K-State to get into the Big 12 championship. Oh, so you're rooting for KU to beat Texas. Rock Chalk. Oh! Oh, man. All right, cut that. Fitz, cut that. Bleep it out. Wow, man. Violence against purple. Uh, last question of the orange, first half. Orange. <laughs> last question of the first half comes from KSU number one. Do you prefer playing at 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus for this game? I yes. prefer 1 p.m. Look, the ESPN Plus thing's all because of West Virginia. And, and it's not their record, it's their lack of fan engagement. They're just so done with Neil Brown. There's no one at their games. They're not watching the games. They've moved on to other things you do in West Virginia. I don't know what that is. It's basketball season. Basketball season. They're going to be bad, too. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's making moonshine, which I endorse. I'm all for it. Folks, if you go to the game this weekend and someone offers you moonshine at a tailgate, be careful. Be careful. You may not remember the game. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, I was a little bit disappointed. Honestly, selfishly, Zach and I were just focused on kickoff time. We've got a 6 a.m. return flight because that was by far the cheapest. We were like, if it's a night game, we are literally pulling an all-nighter because we didn't get to our hotel room till 2.15, 2.30 on. Well, yeah, but we could have been there earlier. A little bit. If we weren't hungry. Yeah. Where uh, did you guys go? We, we went, went to the, the world's, world's longest line. There wasn't a long okay, line. It was a, there was the longest wait. Yeah. For a Whataburger. Uh, What a crappy service. Yeah, it wasn't good, but Zach was happy. Uh, That's all that matters around here. Mm. I just, I still, I'm over the whole, we're on ESPN Plus. What what a slight to us. K-State fans watch games. ESPN knows this. Yeah. Yeah, Folks, you're doing it. Your loyalty does it. You are using your ESPN Plus, Plus subscription the most. You get the most value for having K-State play on ESPN+. Plus. I, I am a subscriber now to the Sports Business Journal, which, by the way, is outrageously expensive. But in, in these times of realignment and everything and TV, all that stuff going on, they're really helpful because they do a lot of great reporting. They had a story about ESPN Plus being the lone hyper-profitable portion of ESPN right now, that they're doing so well with Plus that they're moving more and more stuff there um, because they're selling subscriptions like crazy. Because, it, look, as as the troubles they've had in the past with ESPN Plus have really been cleaned up. I remember when they first were doing ESPN Plus and there was a lot of lagging and slow. I'm, I'm not seeing that. And if you're seeing it, honestly, it's probably on your end. Mm-hmm. It's probably trying to watch something live on your end, your your hookup is the issue, not ESPN Plus itself. I mean, it's one thing to to have them, you click on a show that's pre-recorded and it downloads to you and you watch it. And it can be a little bit behind and you don't know it. And it but when it's live, you want it live and, and it gets choked off if you've got a slow connection. So 
we've got good announcers. We've got a former K-Stater, Barrett Brooks, doing this game as color commentator, former K-State lineman. Um, Mark Neely's doing play-by-play. This, this is as good a crew as you're going to get with ESPN+. Plus. So um, I know it's not ideal. I know if you don't have ESPN+, Plus, it sucks. But really, if you don't have it, folks, you got to have it. I mean, you should have it. There's been two games already. There's been games. They were home games, granted. There's also basketball games. But if you want to watch women's basketball or volleyball or baseball, all that's on there. I mean, it's not just a few games. If you're a K-State fan, you'll find other things to watch. Chris Kleiman shows on there. And I'll say this, too. It is a one o'clock game on ESPN. <laughs> it is a what a dramatic pause. Yeah. It is a one o'clock game on ESPN Plus. The next game is at against KU. Is a seven o'clock game on Fox. If you're complaining that K State's at one o'clock on ESPN Plus, then just wait because you will be in heaven when K State plays KU at seven o'clock in prime time on national television on a cable station. So is it. Is it possible if KU beats Texas this weekend and K-State beats West Virginia, Big Noon comes here? I it, thought that they only go to the well, no, game. No, because it's Michigan-Ohio State. Yeah. Those bastards. Did the mic pick that up? Yes. I think it did. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave it in. We'll just make everyone turn it way up. All right. I'm sorry I got everyone excited about that. I didn't look at the schedule before. I truly apologize. But also, Big Noon only does the noon game, right? That's what Big Noon is. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just so dumb. I'm so dumb. That's it for the first half. We'll be back. I'm going to go to the fridge real quick. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe. The leaders in K-State sports coverage will be right back with more of the PowerCat podcast. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, and welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody. That was the OU guy announcing you. Mm. All right, right here in the GPC studios. 
I hope you had a delightful weekend watching your cats mop up the floor with those bears. It was incredible to watch in person, even though our angle was awful and I had a giant window frame in front of me. And the whole game was on the other end. I felt like the whole game was on the far end. It was. Uh, K-State wins that one, 31-3. Off to Morgantown, 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern in Morgantown on Saturday on ESPN Plus, as we just discussed before the break. And then they come home to play Kansas the last Saturday of the regular season, 7 p.m. on Fox. But onward we go with your questions from Wabash Station. And remember, remember, do go to the fridge whenever you're in town, including next Saturday. You're going to come to town early. It's going to be, if the forecast holds up, a really nice late November day, if the forecast holds up, which it never does. But you're going to want to tailgate. Swing on by there. Pick up some club specials. You know, some nice one of our sponsors there. Maybe some Cape Cods, little uh, orange juice and vodka, you know, whatever you want to do. It's a 7 p.m. kick. You can have breakfast. You can have a lunch. You can have a delightful turkey dinner there at your tailgate. Please, no uh, cooking of the turkey in the parking lot, though. Please, no flash fires. No hot oil cooking on the premises. You can go to Cole and Gills' apartment to do that mm-hmm. inside. Here's your questions from Wabash Station from Cole Carmody. First question comes from King Jim. King Jim. And before before I read this question, I just want to say congratulations to Purdue and, and King Jim because they're 6-4 and four and they have to play Northwestern and Indiana the rest of the season. So they're going to go to a decent bowl. They will be 8-4 and four mm. after a pretty now rough King start. Jim will be double happy. So congratulations. Uh, first question from King Jim 77. What are the odds Chris Kleiman gets offered another Power 5 coaching position and what are the odds he takes it? Um, 100 and 110%. <laughs> he's already going to Nebraska. Offered uh, very little because he's not going to pursue. So they won't offer him. His agent's probably getting calls. Again, I've said this before. The only job I'm worried about is Iowa. That's it. And if Kirk Ferentz is still in at Iowa, it's all okay. He's not going to Nebraska. Um, he's not going to Wisconsin. KU has a bigger worry than Kansas State. Lance Leipold in Wisconsin seems like the most obvious move ever. And they will have the money to throw at him because of the disparity in TV contracts between what the Big Ten will have and what the Big 12 will have. That's just the truth. And honestly, I don't know if KU wants to spend the kind of money on a football coach that they would need to spend to keep him because it well, it's going to dig into basketball. And, you know, you, you got to pick your fights. I don't think either one's leaving. Um, and I think Chris Kleiman is here and Iowa can come after him if they do remove Kirk Ferentz, but they're going to have to hire Gene Taylor with them. So if the Iowa fires their AD and then it'll catch my attention, but I don't think that's going to happen either. So I'm not worried about it. I saw something disturbing. Um, you know, Google, I used to think was really reliable and, uh, you know, I just don't think what they're feeding you in the search anymore. So much of it feels like spam, like just ridiculous, you know, clickbait stuff. But they actually did feed me a headline from on three about Chris Kleiman going to Nebraska. And I'm like, are they actually reporting this? And no, it was the message board post. Google fed a message board post across their news feed. And, I, and that's just. I mean, you can look at it from on three. Well, that's traffic. But, boy, that cuts into your reputation when that's attached to your name. 
Um, that was just an, out, you know, an outlandish message board post, apparently on a free board because I read it. But, boy, I, I don't think Chris Kleiman's going anywhere. But there was a Nebraska fan at the game with a sign that said, we're here to interview your coach. That was that so was funny. funny. That was great. I think, at the very least, Kleiman's going to get a raise. So I think that he's that, – I think that means that he gets offered. I think that there's a chance he gets offered somewhere. Not the, not the, not that he's necessarily interested or that he's going to take it, but his agent is going to be like, "Hey, these guys called me. Here's here's a number, Gene. Do you want to give this to us, Gene?" And Gene will be like, "Yeah, we don't want to lose our coach like that." If K State makes the Big Twelve championship, he should get a raise. Absolutely. And you know who else should get a raise? Joe Klanerman. Me. Oh, Joe Klanerman. God, I'm sorry. <laughs> if if there is one school. And based on how the season can end for K-State, if K-State makes the Big 12 championship game, they're probably in the Sugar Bowl. If Chris Kleiman, and I get that this is a little bit late, but Chris Kleiman being in the Sugar Bowl by virtue, I think that's going to open up some SEC eyes maybe. And Auburn isn't a terrible landing spot, especially if if you're going to pick one SEC school that has an opening and is a decent fit when you compare it to K-State. It might be Auburn. Are you secretly Mike Vernon? Mm. Is that the Scoopmeister? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not a Scoopmeister. I'm just I'm just spouting stuff. He, 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 I'm spouting you? stuff with zero claims to be in the know of anything. <laughs> this is all speculation on imminent? my part. It's imminent. No one is imminent. imminently telling oh, okay. me things that are imminent. That was, by the way, that's my favorite rapper of all time. Imminent. I don't have. <laughs> I don't have somebody in the athletic department at any place leaking me stuff that they're trying to figure out who the leak is. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. I'm just going to answer this question and say no. No. Uh, but um, can we, we just, is there a Sugar Bowl question in here? There is not. You brought this up and that some someone might be going, whoa, Sugar Bowl. Okay, here's, what, how, here's how it lays out for Kansas State. Well, here, there is a question about the postseason. Okay. Is there? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God, Zach. I'm the one who's supposed to be dumb and out of it. It is a yes. Get in your lane. Next question. Which is efficiency and knowledge. Calm. Monkey. Calm down. From calm Manhattan waters. Mm, Like it. Perfect. Should we be worried about any players electing to sit out the postseason? No. Yeah, if they're in the cheese it bowl or lower, right? If they're yeah. if they're in if they it. if they lose the next two games, maybe. But also, if you lose the next two games, you probably want payback on somebody to end uh, your career. So realistically, who are the guys that would, if I'm, that scenario happens, who, the, the candidates would be if you're Felix, if you're Deuce, if you're Cooper Beebe. I don't be see it. any That's of those guys, it. and I and that. those guys are not. If you're slightly injured, let's say Deuce Green reaggravates his abs or ribs or whatever it was. I think it was they, I heard it was ribs um, on the broadcast. By the way, they they knew it was ribs and a foot. I'm like, oh, we didn't know that. <laughs> um, if he aggravates that before the bowl game, yeah, maybe because he wants to be healthy for testing. I, I would get that. I would get a senior, you know, that has been fighting injury, wanting to get healthy, but I don't see it happening. I think these guys just want to play. But if they're in the Alamo or the Sugar Bowl, I think there is zero chance anybody opts out. Absolutely zero. But back to the Sugar Bowl scenario, she wanted to talk. Was, do you was want to talk about that the postseason question? That I mean, was the yeah. postseason yeah. question. That was it? The, exactly, Fitz. Exactly. That's where I was trying to this, go. This, this podcast is out of control. But Okay, so um, if Kansas State advances to the championship game against TCU, there's a couple scenarios there. 
K-State wins and K-State loses. If K-State wins that game, naturally they wouldn't be in the playoff. Um, but as Big 12 champion, they would automatically go to the Sugar Bowl. If Kansas State loses to TCU and TCU is in the 14 playoff, then Kansas State would be the likely choice, not automatic, mind you, but likely choice to be in the Sugar Bowl. And that opponent appears to be pretty solidly LSU, although some predictions are Tennessee. Um, now, the the curveball here is what if TCU loses to Baylor or whatever their next game is, and then they beat K-State and they're not in the playoff? That might actually be bad for K-State. You kind of want at this point you want TCU unbeaten when they go to Arlington because TCU might slide into the sugar, um, and then K State might just be out of the New Year Six altogether. Or here's this first scenario: it's a tie, and both teams play in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> Better. Well, okay, go. You play Tulane in the Cotton Bowl because mm-hmm. Tulane could win the AAC championship game against UCF, presumably. I think that's how the standings are, right? Now. Yeah. Um, Tulane could be the representative for the group of five. And if K-State wins the next couple of games, and if TCU does fall out of the playoff and takes that um, Sugar Bowl spot as the champion, K-State could still maybe sneak in. But I think that in the end, the Pac-12 will probably put multiple teams in for at-larges. But... It was fun at least a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at the standings for bowl projections, and I was like, maybe, maybe TCU's in the Sugar and K-State plays in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. If K-State wins on Saturday, what are they, like a 70% chance to make the Sugar Bowl? If, T- if K-State and TCU both win, because then TCU plays Iowa State at home. Essentially what you're saying is, is there a 70% chance or greater of K-State beating KU, which I would say yes. Yeah. I mean, if, if you win out, you win the next two games, you're in the Sugar Bowl. Yep. Well, virtually guaranteed. Unless TCU loses. Right. The TCU, they're not going to lose a Because a one. one loss, TCU will not make the college football. Play. I would say it's, if they beat West Virginia, it's a 95% chance they're in the, well, actually, I'll say 100% chance they're in the Sugar, the Alamo. Okay. If they win this weekend, I'll say 100%. So, folks, get your... Um, Get your get your plane tickets. Don't to San we haven't bought ours yet? Yeah, hold off on that. Hang on. Um, this is interesting. So Tulane plays host to SMU on Thursday night. Good watching if you're not at the K State basketball game. Um, and Cincinnati, you'll see UCF has Navy. Cincinnati has at Temple. But that final week of the season, mm-hmm. Friday night. Tulane at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and there's a three-way tie. That's a play-in game for the championship. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, because UCF has their rivalry game on Saturday with South Florida. South Florida stinks. Um, and they'll, So basically, Central Florida's got to walk into that, and then that Tulane-Cincinnati game will decide who goes to Central Florida probably. There we go. That's your update from the American. Do they not play it on a neutral site? Not anymore. No, actually, I don't think they ever actually did. Yeah, they've always played it on home. The, I like that. But if you're a lesser conference, and I don't mean that as an insult, but I mean, you're not going to play on a field where the fans are going to flock to it. Yeah, so just play it on the home home field. I think the Mac still plays theirs in Detroit, though. That's Detroit. They, never mind. Go ahead. It's indoors. We're switching topics now. We're closing the door on football. They'll probably pay for it. We need something. Would you like anything else? Any final regards before we close the situation? Help us. The situation. The the Lions and 
Pistons and yep. Red Wings help us. From Call Me T22, some of the bigger non-con basketball games this year are looking weaker already. Cal, Rhode Island, and Wichita State have all lost by games. As John Rothstein would like to say, the epitome of brutality. Uh, I just added that in there. Do you view this as a benefit to Tank's crew in that they should be able to build confidence or a detriment that they may not get tested enough to prep themselves for Big 12 play? I don't I, think I don't think you can look at non-con opponents and base their results of who they've played and lost to and compare them to playing K-State. Right. I, I don't think it matters the results. I think that K-State in the end had a really easy non-con for for better or worse uh, an easier non-con that i think they're already going to build confidence i don't think it matters what what the other teams have done let's point out that jerome tang has said on the record that the only non-con game they scheduled was the cow game that everything else was inherited so the schedule was set down in stone and yeah it does hurt that some of these non-conference teams aren't what they were when the schedule was made when K-State scheduled this series with Wichita State. The Shockers were rolling, and now they've fallen apart. So that that does kind of stink. My concern isn't either one of those. It's option three that they'll go like, I don't know, one, like seven and we got 18 games in the conference, seven and 11, eight and 10 in the conference, and, and the resume from the non-conference won't be good enough to get them in the NCAA tournament. I think that's a wash because I think Jerome Tang is a good storyline that the NCAA committee will react to. You know, as opposed to just being some team, there's actually a a pretty good story there on making the NCAA tournament, the whole Baylor thing. And yeah, it, it, it is what it is. You can't unwind it. And I hope people show up on, on Thursday for the 5:30 game against UMKC. If you don't know, it's another doubleheader. But the men are first. The women play number four Iowa. I think they're still number four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the the big game. So come down, watch that UMKC game. Stick around for the women and and see if uh, the women can put a scare into one of the nation's best programs. But uh, Zach and I, again, as we keep the theme about this is all about Zach and I traveling to West Virginia. I appreciate that because we won't be staying late at Bramlage. Covering a men's game, we will get out of there so we can get to Kansas City on Friday morning for a flight. Did you know this is all about you guys? It is. It, it, everything's about us. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say this because I think that the non-conference schedule sucks, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, it does. It's a Bruce Weber non-conference yeah. schedule like Jerome Tang basically admitted right. in his first post-game press conference. I don't think he minds it being this way so they can build some momentum here. But, but let's just go look through this. Kansas City, um, they play the Ruse. The Roos lost to a Division II school who was picked to finish last in the MIAA. Now, Grant, they turned around and only lost to LSU by 12, but I think that says more about LSU than it does the Roos. They will probably destroy the Roos and cover whatever the spread is going to be. How many times can you say Ruse? Mm. It, it's a Ruse to figure out. You know what? You know why he says it that way? It makes him hoppy. But um, Rhode Island. They should win that game. Rhode Island has had a rough uh, non-conference, as Call Me T22 pointed out. But then you look at the rest of the bracket. Yeah, Butler. They sunk, too. Yeah. You look at the bracket for the Cayman Islands Classic. This might be the worst collection of basketball teams I think I've seen in a preseason tournament. K-State. Here's a little trivia. Did you know there's no K in Cayman? Go ahead. Uh, I did not know that. I don't understand where that reference is coming from. I'm going to move on. It's a fact. There's no K in Cayman Islands. Uh, oh, I get it now. Okay. Uh, Rhode Island, or they, excuse me, they play Nevada or Tulane. 
next if they beat Rhode Island. Both of those teams have struggled with low major conference schools, so you would think that K-State should be able to pull off two wins in this tournament, get to the championship, and most likely play LSU, who has to beat Illinois State and the winner of Akron or Western Kentucky. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to predict that if Kansas State plays Tulane and doesn't score more than 17 points, they will lose that game also. I would I would think that's a, mm-hmm. a fair assessment. The bottom line is Casey has a very realistic chance to finish the non-conference without a loss because all the games that they play, they're probably going to be favored. Do you get a trophy for winning the Cayman Islands Classic or an actual island, like a little small one they're not using and you get to have it for the year? That'd be kind of cool. That would be that would be very interesting, but I we don't name think it, name it Jerome Yang Island. Oh, you're oh. getting ahead of this, Fitz. There we go. Might as well go to the next question. The next question comes from co-assistant head coach Jerome Yang. Is that's all in his name now? No, it's just okay. Jerome. Jerome Yang. Yang. The profile pic though is is, is Jerome Yang. Jerome Yang. Yes. Whoever or, made that Twitter account, by the way, I want. I hope it's you, Jerome Yang. I hope you're the one that made that Twitter account. It's a beautiful thing. It is. Thank you, Rex Hudler. You just had a Rex Hudler mm-hmm. moment right there. It's amazing having a username that is forgettable, and then a moment like this happens, and you pounce on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opportunity struck. K-State has started Noel, Johnson, Tomlin, Carter, and Gasson the last two games, but I get the feeling that is subject to change. What do you expect to start going forward, and how many players will be in the rotation? Well, I mean, I think there's no doubt in my mind that of a couple of them. I mean, Johnson's going to start. Why is the coach asking us this question? No, shouldn't he know this? He should know this. Noel will start. I'm, I mean, I guess, and Tomlin will start. And I, I, I think Jerome Tang, the actual coach, will rotate who he thinks earning the time. I mean, I do think it can move around a little bit. I think Desi Sills will eventually slide in there too. as the starter. And it's nothing against Cam Carter, but I just think when you get in a Big Twelve play, you got to have your veterans ready to go. And, and you want two point guards out there. And maybe, and maybe this is something that we haven't been used to, but maybe he wants Desi Sills as that playmaker in the second group Coming who can come bench. off the bench. I mean, and that's that's also something to think about. He loves having depth. To answer the question, I think there'll be ten players that play. I really believe that because otherwise they would have redshirted Dorian Finister, and they didn't. So he's going to play. They're going to use him. Maybe he'll only play seven, six to seven, six, eight, nine, ten minutes a game, but he's going to play. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I would say Desi Sills would get the nod, and I think they're going to start Gasson. I, I like him. He's he does some good things. He really does, and I think they like him better than Ish Masood right now, which I can't argue with. So, um, I think all these guys are only going to get better. That's the scary thing. Bruce's teams. Bruce's individual players on his most recent teams did not get better throughout the season. You can already see the difference in these guys between Washburn and between now. They're going to get exponentially better as the year goes on. And I think Bebe, the big other big man, Day Day, whatever. Bebe. Bebe. I, I think he'll start. He has the thickest accent, and he's so soft-spoken. I'm like, you're like the African Huggins. I can't understand you. I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they... They've got good tools. They've got just amazing guys that they can plug in. Uh, I mean, Ish Masood doesn't belong in the starting lineup. And, I mean, I think that tells you that he hasn't progressed like you'd hope he would, but also that they brought in some guys that can flat-out play hoops. It's fun. And I, I want to say this about Baby because you brought him up. I, I have so much respect for him. After the very first game, 
We had nobody's talked to him. I think D. Scott might be the only person in the media who has had a chance to meet and talk to him. He comes up onto the post-game podium after the game when none of us have any idea what he sounds like. He does have a very thick accent, and he, honestly, his English is still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. He's from Nigeria, so it's not like he was born and raised in America. But you know what? The amount of guts that it has to take for someone who is not fluent in English to get up there in front of a bunch of people he's never met before, has no idea about any of this. Fitzy played at Hosfra. They didn't have to do Hofstra. Hofstra, whatever it is. Hopscotch. Whatever. He played a hopscotch. Yeah. I mean, this is it was it was so cool for me to see him up there. It was. I mean, it just takes a lot of guts and it, it's understandable why they want and got him because he could have very easily said I don't feel comfortable, but he took the challenge head on just like he took the challenge head on of coming to K-State and starting basically a new program. So I mean, I love the fact that Bebe is willing to do that, and I think he's going to have an impact this year. But again, it just goes to show the kind of culture that this coaching staff is trying to build because they want guys like that. They want guys that aren't afraid of a challenge. And we didn't even mention Tyke Green, who is wanted for murdering a basketball ram at Bramlage Coliseum last week. So This tells you how deep they are. Yep. It's, it's impressive. It's a fun team. You, you need to get to Bramlage and get it done. The last question of Speaking the podcast. Speaking of fun, the last question of the podcast comes from Powercat Ryan. This men's basketball team is the most fun Wildcat team to watch since fill in the blank. Since Michael Beasley was here. That was a fun team because Mike could do so much. Wrong. Who? What? 2010. Jacob Pullen, the, the Elite Eight year. Yeah, that, I don't know. That team was fun, but yeah, since, yeah, depending on how you word it, yeah. That team was fun. They they had some downs and they had some issues, but yeah, that team was good. But yeah, this team will produce more highlight real plays in that 2010 team. And, and I, I don't want this to sound like a, a shot at Bruce Weber teams, but this team is more fun than either of the conference champions because I think they have a higher gear. I'm not saying they're going to compete for a conference championship. I think they just have a higher gear, a higher ceiling than that team. Those teams did, but I also think they have a deeper floor that they they could fall down and. You know, lose some games. We saw it against Cal. Well, actually, we didn't see it, Zach. We did not see them fall apart because uh, we didn't find the game for the second half. Our stream got uh, shut down. We broke the law. That's what we're trying to say. We we feel bad about it. Um, we watched the first half. It was enjoyable. It was a very, very good Very good stream. stream. Yeah. Whoever that pirate is. <laughs> Good job. Somebody sunk his ship. Yeah, and then he got sunk at after. How come the 16-year-old couldn't get into the pirate movie? Oh, I read There we go. We got to leave on that. But that was still good. Thanks Thanks for uh, trying to bring in a dad joke that wasn't delivered by me. Get into the fridge. It's perfect if you're a dad or you want to be a dad. I don't know. That was a weird ad. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.